1: More than once, actually.
2: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
0: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at luckylandslots.com.
2: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager,
2: are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I just point to the logo on my chest and tell him, "Slammy, ego, slammy, ego, slammy, ego, slammy, hey, hit it up hard, hit, up hard. hit it with a strike. strike, from the national anthem, anthem to the bottom of the night, amen." Hey. Slammy, ego, hey slammy, ego, hey. hey hey. slammy, ego. Hey Hold that trophy up. Hey.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 349 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden here with you. I, I'm i doing this during this Padres Giants spring training game. I didn't think that there was a point to waiting after the game was over. Like all Padres fans cared about from today's Padres-Giants game was Fernando Tatsis Jr.'s return, and he has already exited the game. So I just wanted to give my reaction to that. What happened during this game? The Manny press conference was today. Joe Musgrove fractured his foot. That news came out today. That happened yesterday. So a lot to get into on the show here. If you have any comments, feel free to put them in the chat. If you want to be on the show, you can click that link that is in the chat, that's pinned in the chat. I appreciate everyone for being here. So let's first start off with Fernando Tatis Jr. His debut, spring training debut. This was the first time that Bob Melvin had the opportunity to put Tatis's name in his lineup. Because when he was the manager last year, he obviously had the suspension. He had the wrist surgeries, right? Never played for him. And this was his first spring training game. So that was cool, probably for Mel. Uh, and Tatis first at bat, eight pitch at bat, fouled off a couple pitches. He ended up walking. Then he stole second. The video on my Twitter, Instagram, uh, at Talking Friars. I think it's on here on YouTube too, in YouTube Shorts. But it's not a very great video. The the video is very zoomed out. Uh, I guess that's the only video MLB had, which doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I'll I'll get to that here in a second about the game not being televised, but. Tatis, he stole second. He then scored on Cronenworth's triple. Jake, by the way, he doubled in his second at-bat, so he seems pretty locked in, which is great. David Dahl homered, hit a three-run bomb later in that first inning. He is playing pretty well right now. He tripled the other day, now a homer. He's going to be on the opening day roster, I would assume. I think it's going to be between Azokar and Engel, who's not going to make the roster there, because Dahl is a lefty. Azokar and Angle are righties. Both guys are good defensively, but not the best with the bat. So one of them's going to make it. One of them's probably not. I would think Angle makes it, but he is kind of behind everyone else injury-wise. So we'll see what happens there. But getting back to Tatis. So first at bat, he walks. Steals second and scores. Second at bat, seemed like it was a hard hit ground ball to the pitcher. Ross Stripling was on the mound there. And then the third at bat, he struck out looking. That's that's his day. He was the DH. He wasn't playing in the field, so we didn't get any opportunities to see him in the field or any video or any tweets from reporters about what he was doing in the field, Like just only in the batter's box, only on the base pass. By the way, his stolen base, it was feet first slide, if anyone was wondering. He kind of slid past the base, grabbed it as he was going by with his left arm, held on. That's how it happened there. Um, again, the video, it's on social media. Just go to my Twitter; you'll find all that there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's an encouraging first day, I guess, from Tatis. I would have liked to see to see everything on television. I, I mean, not e- even if Tatis wasn't playing, I'd like to see the games. Like, it's the most anticipated Padres season ever, and I know the season hasn't started, but it is still preparation for the season. I want as much content as. Major League Baseball can give us, that the Padres can give us. So for it not to be televised today, it not to be um, broadcasted live on MLB.com or on the Padres YouTube or anything, just doesn't make sense to me. Like Bob Scanlon he made the point on Twitter today, like these these spring training games, the broadcast schedule, it's planned out well ahead of time. So I, I understand that. But you're telling me that the Padres couldn't put a video camera in the press box or something just to show the game live. Like imagine I put this out on Twitter. I think it's a a good comparison. Fernando's one of the faces of baseball. He's not the face anymore because of the PEDs and stuff, but he's one of you think of major league baseball and the exciting players like Tatis is right up there. Imagine if Patrick Mahomes was out for over a year and he was making his return, even if it was a preseason game or LeBron was out for over a year Making his return, or Steph was out for over a year and he's making his return. If that wasn't televised, people would be losing their minds. So for this game not to be televised just doesn't make sense. I'm not, I guess not, I shouldn't say for this game not to be televised because I understand the broadcasting schedule and all that. Like that's planned out ahead. I understand that. But for this game not to be anywhere, nowhere, not on a webcast. You're telling me that the webcasts have to be planned out as well? Why? There's no announcer to it. It's just literally showing the game. It's like you're a fan in the stands just watching the game. And then when it goes to or when it's the half innings, you can put up something there, commercial break in progress, or we'll be back. Or you could just show the whole thing. Just show the half innings and everything. Just put up a stream. They couldn't even do that. So that didn't make sense to me at all, but uh, Tatis, it seemed like it was a, a successful day. The first inning definitely was successful. Like that's what we're gonna remember probably. The walk, and then the stolen base, and then him scoring on Crony's triple, uh, which was hit in the right center gap. So here, post game, courtesy of ninety seven three the fan. Here is Tatis after the game. How he felt?
1: So great. <laughs> Just good to be back. Here. I'm back out there. Um, it was. I saw something like 500 days, something like that, but definitely great to be back out there and um, just happy to be. You were swinging and you were running. How did that whole first sequence <laughs> go? It amazing. I said, it's part of my game. Uh, can I keep doing it? And um, we, we create run that way. So that means the Padres are in a good way. <laughs> what did today tell you that you didn't know already? <laughs> uh, yes first nothing time on the on the lineup card for for my manager we were talking about it. it's been a long time for both of us waiting for that moment and uh, it just like I mentioned they just felt great just to be out there
0: since it's so early in spring training did you any hesitation about running or can you not
1: think that way you got to just play no like I mentioned um, the game was going to dictate um, I feel like I had a good chance to take second ba- uh, second base and I did feeling
2: nerves there what, what, what did you feel coming into
1: it <laughs> just just you know that that feeling of being outside for for so long and coming back is, is it just felt great did you hear the crowd at all did you get a sense of the crowd at all i heard a little bit what did you hear <laughs> a little bit a little bit of everything i mean nothing that we, i haven't heard before and uh just glad the fans will still keep sharing you said you wanted to kind of get back but well, you, you, you ran on the second pitch, you were on base what what did you learn i mean were you gonna do that anyway yeah,
2: <laughs> Knowing you. Yeah, like these reporters, they're asking him like, oh, were you surprised? What did you learn from today? Any precautions? No, Fernando's going to be Fernando. I understand the reporters, they got to do their job, get quotes. But like, Fernando's going to be Fernando. He's going to run. He's not afraid to do it. He's going to run. He's going to be aggressive. He didn't learn anything about himself today. Maybe it was just like, maybe... Uh just like a deep breath, like, okay, I'm back, I'm doing this, playing in a game, like that felt good. But he didn't learn anything about himself. Like he knows how good he is. He knows that he can steal whenever he wants, essentially. Like he's a freak. Yeah, exactly. Um
1: the fact that you were able to do
0: that
1: and free flow looked pretty easy for you. Does that kind of set you up? yeah, it definitely stuff up I feel like it definitely set up like the work we did before all of this you know all my training staff, uh, all the other guys all the coaches that were in this process and I feel like everybody put that, the right word to put me outside and for me to feel good.
2: There you go. So there's Fernando. That's his first comments after the game. I think there was another one as well. Um. Yeah, I'll pull that up here. Here's his uh, his uh, another question here. It looks like. Let's see. Uh, Tatis on if he took any time to reflect on his excitement for today's game, or if he treated it like a typical early spring training game.
1: Since the beginning of spring, you know, I've been kind of having this feeling, and um, you know, obviously today it was the first time, you know, coming outside and facing some other teams, and definitely, definitely sit down and. You know thought a little bit of what happens to me all this time and just just grateful to be back here and just appreciating every month.
2: All right, there you go. So you know he I think one of the questions right one of the questions was about his reception that he got and did he hear anything? And so the reception, at least listening on radio you could it is a spring training facility so it's pretty easy to hear stuff. What I heard was there were some cheers. there were Padre's fans there. And there were also some boos. Annie Halliburin tweeted out a video. And there was one Giants fan that was holding up his phone and then booing, trying to probably act cool. Like, oh, I'm booing Tatis. Ha ha. Um, He's going to get booed at Dodger Stadium. He's going to get booed at Oracle Park, home of the Giants. He'll get booed in New York. He'll get booed everywhere. Someone will boo him everywhere, except hopefully the Padres, right? Hopefully not at Petco. Um, Like I've said many times before, like, we need to be the, the the fan base just giving Fernando all of the support, right? Because he's going to get a lot of hate on the road, uh, but us us booing, that's not going to do anything, right? Fans that are still mad about what he did last year and just how disappointed they were in what he did last year, okay, you can be disappointed, but hating him or booing him, that's not doing any us any good, that's not doing him any good for the future right and that's what we that's what we care about right now right we care about 2023 and he can help the padres win in 2023 this guy's one of the best players in baseball right so we gotta cheer him on um so that's the tatis kind of recap for the day pretty successful we'll see when he's gonna get in a game next i'm sure bob melvin will say that in a little bit um when will he be playing in right field He's been playing some right field in the backfield game, so maybe in the next week or so he'll play in the field. That's just a guess. I have no idea. Uh, but we'll see. We'll definitely see about that. Uh, Alex says, did you see the Giants fans booing Tatis? Yeah. Devin says MLB is hurting itself. Yeah, by not broadcasting these games. But I understand, like, they're not going to broadcast every game, and they are pre-planned. Like, this isn't like a, uh, you know, a day out thing. Oh, Tatis is playing tomorrow. Okay. We're going to broadcast this on TV. You can't really do that. It's hard to do. Um, but like the webcast thing, I'm sure that they could do that. Like there's, there were videos of Tatis coming out from MLB that I saw that I posted. So they could have done it. They just didn't, they're hurting themselves. I mean, you're bringing attention to the game if you do it, but they decide not to do it. Like the game we were most interested in, like the the spring training game we're most interested in, Tatis's return, and it's not on. It we have to listen. We all we can do is listen to it. I'm not saying we have to listen to it. Like it's a bad thing. Jesse and Tony are great, but listening to them and having the game so we can see it would be great. I love Jesse and Tony, but you know, getting to see it, see it in your own eyes that that's better than only getting to listen to it, right? Uh, Mr. Robot says, thank you for the great coverage, Ben. Keep the faith. Thank you. I appreciate it. So let's move on here. So there were two other things, obviously. Musgrove with the fractured toe. Manny, the press conference. Let's go to the Joe Musgrove stuff. So I put out a reaction video earlier this morning. Joe Musgrove fractured his toe out at least two weeks before he starts throwing. Not just two weeks before he's going to be in games, but he'll be out at least two weeks without throwing. Then he'll start throwing again, and then Bob Melvin told the media earlier this morning that it's going to be another two weeks before he could probably see game action, at least another two weeks. So if we factor like four weeks in total in, that's March 27th, if we're starting from yesterday, Monday, because that's when he suffered the injury. The kettlebell dropped, fractured the toe. It's his left toe, by the way, left big toe, which is good. It's not like his push-off push toe on the rubber, but... You still don't want this to happen, obviously. It sucks. Uh, but March 27th is four weeks out from last Monday, from yesterday. And that's right before opening day. March 30th is opening day. So I don't see Musgrove being the opening day opening day starter. I don't see him making his first start the first time through the rotation. Um, and it's going to take him some time to build up. So let's say he starts pitching in games on the 27th, like best case scenario four weeks from yesterday how many starts is it going to take for him to get built up to five six innings which is probably where he wants to be right he doesn't want to go into big league games pitching three innings how long is that going to take maybe a couple more weeks and now so if that's the case then we're looking at mid-april is he going to return at the same time tatis returns like how long is this going to be uh, Bob Nightingale he tweeted out or not tweeted he had an article in in USA Today today about how one Padre was saying like it's ugly something like that like it's really bad you don't want to see the MRI um, like it's so there's some there's some that are maybe more optimistic than others there are some that are more like uh, this this might be a while but the good news here is that the Padres do have depth. Right. AJ Preller brought in Michael Waka, brought back Nick Martinez, have Reese Kinnear, Ryan Weathers, Adrian Moore, Hone, Nabil Chrismat, who is being built up as a starter because in the WBC he's pitching for Team Columbia. So this is good. That's the good part, right? There's depth. Another good part, it's not even the beginning of the season yet, right? If there's going to be an injury to Joe Musgrove, we want it now. We don't want it to be in July or September, right? The most important parts of the season or when games actually matter. We don't want that happening, right? The good news is he hasn't he hadn't made a start yet in Cactus League games. Um so this is a good time for an injury to happen if there ever is a good time for an injury to happen. I guess during the off season so he can, you know, be ready for the beginning of the year, but in spring training like this is a, it's a it's not a terrible time for it to happen, right? Um so now what's going to happen is there going to be a five man rotation? We don't know. Six-man, five-man, Bob Melman has not made that decision yet. He pretty much told the media that we're kind of like a wait-and-see. We're going to see how this plays out, how the depth guys perform, and then we'll make a decision. So if it's a five-man, it will be, you know, assuming no injuries happen, it will be Darvish, Snell, Martinez, Waka, and Lugo, right? Maybe not in that order, but just throwing those five names out there. If it's a six-man, it's those five, and then it will be either Chris Matt, Groom, Weathers, Tehran, Morahone, Kinnear, right? There's a lot of depth options there. Cole Hamels, he's not in that group because he's not even like throwing to real batters yet. He's just throwing bullpens, so he's behind everyone. He's going to be pitching in extended spring training when the team leaves for San Diego to get ready for the season, so he's not an option. But still, that's one, two, three, four, five. That's six depth guys beyond the five assuming that Musgrove's not going to be ready for the season. I think that's a safe assumption. I want Musgrove to not be ready for the season, to be honest, like if that makes sense. Obviously, I want him on the mound, but I want him to take this slow. Like The Padres, it's okay if he misses a couple starts. If they don't win the division because Musgrove missed a couple starts at the beginning of the season, it's okay. That's not the end of the world. We saw that last year, right? Just get into the postseason and then have everyone healthy come postseason time. I, want my, I don't want this thing to be a lingering issue with Musgrove, right? So hopefully you get my point there. Um, so that's the Musgrove update. I mean, Blake Snell, him pitching well to start the year, that would be pretty helpful, right? Because we know he gets off to pretty slow starts in the first half of the season. So I'd like him to be the Blake Snell, the second half Blake Snell, all season long. Like That would be nice, right? So we'll see what happens there. Darvish, please don't get hurt in Japan. Uh, in the depth guys, I, I, am excited to see Ryan Weathers continue, you know, with the new windup, Jay Groom. I mean, I can't say he looked pretty good cause we didn't see the freaking game today, but his line looked pretty good. Um, Tehran's looked pretty good. More more I don't believe has pitched yet in cactus league, but Kinnear, he looked better yesterday than his box score, you know, than then the line would show. Um, so there's good depth options for the Padres. It's not the end of the world. This Musgrove injury, it's not a season ending thing like Gavin Lux with the Dodgers, which really sucks. I mean, we're Padres fans, but seeing injuries, season ending injuries for guys, I don't care what team it is, it, what team it is, it just sucks to see, you know, uh, really feel for him like the, he was going to get that starting shortstop job, finally get a chance, right? Because Corey Seeger and Manny, um, and who else, Trey Turner, like they were taking that spot. From him, and now Lux gets that chance, and now he's not going to get the chance because he's going to have a he has a torn ACL, and he's going to have to be rehabbing that. So that sucks. There, but the bright side for the Padres, Musgrove's injury it's not season ending. It's not an arm issue; it's a fractured toe, and hopefully, the recovery time won't be too long, and he'll be back at some point in April. That's what I'm hoping. So that is the Joe Musgrove. Update there, the Joe Musgrove stuff from today. Again, the injury happened yesterday. He will not throw for at least two weeks, but he'll be working with the training staff to keep his arm ready, or not ready, but his arm strong so that he can uh, be ready to start throwing right when his toe is ready to go. Um, That rhymes. So that's the update on Joe Musgrove. So... Let's get to the Manny stuff, the Manny press conference, and we'll do that. But first, this episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. All right. Getting back to or getting first. I haven't gotten back because I haven't talked about it today. But let's get back to talking about the Padres. Getting to Manny Machado. I'll share my screen here for the YouTube audience, the podcast audience. You'll be able to hear the audio. These were just some of the main points from Manny's press conference today, which happened uh, in Peoria at the complex. Tatis was not there, but don't make a big deal about that. He was playing in this game in Scottsdale, so he was not gonna he, he was not going to be there for. The press conference like he needed to be in Scottsdale. The game started at noon. This press conference was at 11 o'clock Arizona time. So um, he was just getting ready, I, I think. But Soto was there. Stamina was there. Bogarts was there. Crony was there at the beginning. Uh, and then he had to get on the bus probably to go to, to Scottsdale. Bob Melvin was there probably at the beginning. I know he was there. I don't know if he was there the whole time. Uh, but a lot of support. Manny is beloved by not just the city of San Diego, but by his teammates. Um, so here are some of the highlights. I thought it was really cool to see Peter Seidler speak and AJ speak and Manny speak. The big takeaway I got for was, you know, Manny, he always wanted to be a Padre, always thought he was going to get something done. It was just a matter of when. Um, so here's some highlights. So first, Peter Seidler speaks for all of us when he says, We love Manny. This was part of his comments in this Manny press conference.
1: I
0: could not be happier that Manny, who has earned this contract past, present, and future, from the day we signed him about four years ago to what then was a $10 million deal, our expectations were high, pretty darn high. And he's lived up to every one of those expectations on and off the field and a lot more. Um, you you've proven yourself to be a great fit in San Diego we love you here and you're going to um, continue to bring joy and excitement I know to our city and to our fan base for a long long time so thank you Manny
2: so there's Peter Seidler man I love just I could listen to Peter Seidler talk all day like he's just so optimistic about really everything I know there's a lot of things to be optimistic about in Padre land right now, but he's just someone that just oozes positivity, right? Um and he speaks for all of us, right? Saying when he says, We love you, Manny, and um, you know, just thanking him for everything he's done so far, speaks for all of us. He is Peter Seidler, yeah, he's the owner of the team, but he's also a Padres fan. You know, and there's some owners, like, seems like the Pirates owner, the Reds, the Orioles, the A's. Like, are they really fans of the team? Because if they were fans, they'd invest more money into the product, into the team, right? Instead of worrying about how much money they're profiting off of the team, right? Peter Scyther, Steve Cohen, they're real fans of the team. They want the team to win, they want a World Series. And you're seeing that through their actions, right? So, here's a picture for the YouTube audience. This was all of the players from Annie Holbrun. Um Let's see who was here. Bogarts, Cronoworth, Soto, Pomerantz, Honeywell. Uh, I think Waka was there. Don't see him in this picture, but I think he was there. Musgrove, Stephen Wilson, Stammen. Uh, a lot of people were there. There were some that were had to play in the game in Scottsdale, so they probably were getting ready. Um, but... I mean, Manny is loved in that clubhouse. He's the captain, not just in our eyes, but he is the captain in the player's eyes as well. So here is Manny's opening comments. Made sure to thank his teammates, his family, Pottery's organization and his opening remarks. Uh,
3: thank Shiel, Sadie, Peter, um, AJ, Eric, front office, uh, my wife, my family, Danny, um, you know, uh, this has been uh, a long journey. We're here, we signed a contract four years ago. Um, we had long conversations and, um, you know, it, it, it was it was great. And you guys have gone above and beyond for this organization, for the city, made a lot of promises that have been come true. So I wanna thank you guys, uh, my teammates that are here. I mean, if it wasn't for you guys going out there every single day and grinding with you guys, you know, this is what it's all about, man. It's it's a family. You're, you guys are my second family away from home, and uh, you know I'll go above and beyond for all of you guys. And you know it means a lot to see you guys here. Uh, you know, and the last one is just for the fans of San Diego. I mean, I think uh, you know we're gonna be here for the long haul, and um, you know my family and I are gonna do a lot of great things for this organization. We're gonna go above and beyond for it, and hopefully bring a championship to the to the city that that's that's been craving it and and wants it, and um, you know. I could promise that we're gonna go out there every day and we're gonna leave it on the field for you guys, for this organization, and uh, you know, for everyone that goes out there and sees us every single day. So, uh, you know, thank you again, Peter and, and AJ, for um, you know making this happen. And you know, I'm, I'm honored to put on this uniform for the rest of my
2: career. There you go. So, and here's the uh, thing: like the outside world, right? They're not gonna see Manny as this great teammate. Like I know that there's people outside that aren't Padres fans, they don't really think that Manny's like this amazing teammate. I see it on social media all the time. And social media is not the best indicator sometimes of what the public thinks, but I think it is a, in this case, I think it pretty, it is a pretty good indicator of what the public thinks. I don't think they see what we see. We know Manny's a great teammate. We know he works his butt off, and he explained that later in the press comments, which I'll hit on here, and I'll I'll play for you, uh, about how he didn't want this contract talks, these negotiations, to be a distraction. So part of why he did this this early, he set the deadline. He didn't want it to be a distraction. He wanted to get out in front of it, and he signed the contract. Now it's done. We don't have to talk about it, right? That was, he got the elephant out of the room, right? That's Part of being a good teammate, like he he displays being a good teammate. You see him in the dugout with Hassan Kim um, and all that. Like this guy, he is a really really good teammate. And so I hope that the the national people, the baseball world, they see this stuff because maybe they're going to be watching the Padres more often than they usually do this season because of how great this Padres team's going to be, and because they're watching more, they'll see how great of a teammate Manny Machado is. One part of this press conference that I loved was Manny being a junior GM. AJ said uh, on Ben and Woods, I think it was last week, that there were some junior GMs in the clubhouse, and Manny is one of them. Well, Manny does it here in front of everyone, in front of Seidler, in front of Preller, talking about the extensions, the contracts that have been that have gotten done recently, and he throws Juan Soto's name in the mix. Important to that.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously... With the contracts that that, that we got with Bogey, myself, um, Tati, um hopefully next. You know, I mean, it's 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 uh, you know, it's great. We want to win. You know, what we've been building here since since day one, since AJ when we sat down back in May. When we sat down. Um, we actually met with Peter and Ron at the time as well. Um, you know, this was the plan, and you know, here we are. This 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 is it. And you know, they've come up, put an organization on 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 the top. And we brought in people to come up, help, help bring a championship. We're going to continue to do it. And, you know, ultimately, I think, uh, you know, all of us in here, we, we want to do that. We want to continue to do that. So that being said, yeah, I'm going to do whatever it is for this team. I'm going to do whatever it is so that they can go out there and continue to put this put this great team out there and keep building. Important to that.
2: And uh, this that, that answer, by the way, I believe was a question, was after a question from Kevin Acey asking about his contract. Because the structure might allow the Padres to have more flexibility to go extend Juan Soto or go sign Shohei Otani next offseason. His contract, $13 million in the first three years. So this year, 2024 and 2025, Juan Soto is a free agent after 2024. Shohei Otani is a free agent after this season. That window there at the beginning of those contracts, if the Padres were to get one of them, They'd have more money there. Now, for people that are saying, well, Ben, that doesn't matter. The AAV stays the same. Yeah, I understand that. So the average annual value, which is what matters for the luxury tax, it's the same. It's like a little less than 32 mil, I believe, over the course of this 11-year, $350 million contract. The signing bonus, I think it's 45 mil. That goes into the luxury tax. That doesn't change anything. So him taking $13 million the next three years Instead of like 30 plus mil, that doesn't do anything for that. But Peter Seidler will have millions of more dollars to spend on other players in these next few years, and then he'll be able to spend more money on Manny at the end of this contract, after the first three years of this contract, when he has the revenue coming in from all the sold out season tickets and all the sold out games that he's going to have this season for the Padres at Petco. So it does make sense that way, like it'll give, like Seidler. So let's if we could do this in simple terms, kind of what this contract structure means here. So let's say I have a hundred dollars, and I'm gonna pay Manny. Let's say I'm Seidler, and the contract's a hundred dollars, or ha- excuse me, I have a hundred dollars, and I'm giving Manny eight dollars a year instead of what twenty dollars a year. Let's just say. $8 a year. That means that right now I have $92 to spend, right? And then let's say it goes up to $20 million, or, or not $20 million, $20 out of 100 dollars in 2025. Okay. Instead of having $92 to spend out of a hundred, I have now eighty dollars to spend out of a hundred. If I'm giving him twenty, right? See what I'm saying? Like he has less money to give later, but he has more money to give to guys like Soto now or a couple years down the road, right? So, look, Manny, again, being a team player, being a good teammate, maybe that wasn't the best comparison. Um, let's say I have $100 and I'm giving Manny $30 in 2026, but right now I'm giving him $13, right? Right? I have more money to spend now out of the $100 than I do later. That's what Manny's doing here. He knows the AAV is the same. The Padres know the AAV is the same. But he's just trying to help out Peter in this case. Help the organization out, if that makes sense. Because Peter doesn't have that revenue that he will have. He has a lot of money, but he doesn't have that amount of revenue that he will have a couple years down the road from all of these sold-out games, right? All of these season ticket sales and the concession sales and the World Series postseason revenue, right? If the Padres get to the World Series, there's even more revenue from that, right? So again, Manny being a team player and hopefully Soto next, I didn't really hit on that yet. Again, Manny being kind of like a GM there, like he wants Soto and Manny, he's the most influential Padre probably, is it ever in Padres history? Like who... Who has the most influence on ownership? Has anyone had more influence on ownership than Manny does right now? Like anyone, Padres history. Maybe Tony Gwynn, but it was different back then, right? And Trevor Hoffman didn't, right? He Didn't he have a phone call to the ownership or to the GM at the time to, to return to San Diego, be back with the Padres? And, they, and that didn't happen. He didn't get through. He ends up going to Milwaukee, right? Like, Manny has a lot of power, a lot of influence. And Siler knows how great Soto is. I don't think he needs Manny's endorsement to get an extension done, to get a a new deal done. He knows. He's going to keep trying on Soto. Uh, But we'll see. We'll see what happens down the road. We know that Manny wants him. Hopefully Soto next. And here is Peter Siler. He said this a few times already in the past, but... One year soon, the baseball gods will smile on the San Diego Padres.
0: Our full intent is to be right there at the end. And like we talk about, one year soon, the baseball gods will smile
2: on the San Diego Padres. And we will have a parade. There you go. More optimism. More optimism from Peter Scyther. I love it. This was funny. A.J. Perler was asked about um, what has changed in the Padres organization in the four years since Manny has signed. And uh, here's that funny response. Yeah,
0: I think I think probably the biggest thing that's changed in the last year is, is our parking lot. You know, like I think if, if we didn't have the kind of cars we have right now in the last in the last few <laughs> years. So
2: there you go. The parking lot. Yeah, Manny's got a fancy car. Tatis has a fancy car. You know, after the extension, Soto's probably got a pretty good car. Musgrove probably has an upgrade. Uh, a lot of things have happened. Bogarts. A lot of things have happened since Manny signed. Right. Um. And then here is Manny on the Padres, the organization, the fans. He was asked, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Annie Hallebrun. He was asked um, about his return to the Padres. Did he think that this was going to happen always? And he said that in his mind, he always thought he was going to be a Padre.
3: They know that we love this, this organization. We love the city. We love the fans. We love putting on this uniform every single day. So in my mind, I was I was always going to be a Padre. It was just a matter of when I was gonna be one for the rest of my career. But, you know, ultimately, um, you know, we knew that we we, we, we didn't want to go anywhere we want. We knew we wanted to put on this uniform for the rest of our career. And, um, you know, there's always bumps on the road, but, you know, here we are today. And, you know, we're, we're blessed to be here every single day. You know, we gotta thank God and and, and our families for for giving us the support every single day. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a great day to be a Padre. And-
2: yeah, great day to be a Padre, that's for sure. Look, Manny, he loves the organization, you know? Like, for people that thought that Manny, oh, maybe the Mets, Steve Cohen has a lot of money. Oh, the Dodgers, oh, name another team, the Yankees. Like, I didn't like the first offer to Manny. I thought that was a low ball. I've made my thoughts clear on that. And it was, 255, that's a low ball, right? Right. 400, I thought that was too much. And I don't think Manny asked for 400. Like, that report's been shot down by numerous people now. But Manny wanted his fair value, and he got it. He loves the Padres organization. He loves the fans. He loves Peter Seidler. He loves that AJ and Peter are constantly trying to improve this team. Always. They're never going to stop until they get that World Series. And then when they get, another, when they get a World Series... They're going to continue. So I'm not surprised that Manny always thought he was going to be a Padre. In the the media scrums, you know, him saying that he was going to opt out and all that. Like he said, business is business. He tried to not, you know, tip his hand on what was going to happen because he wanted to have some leverage, right? That's just business. He wanted to get as much money as he could while staying with the Padres. Like, that's my view on this. He always wanted to be with the Padres. He just wanted to get a new contract. He wanted to get a little bit of a raise. He wanted to get more money. He wanted to stay a Padre for life. And that five years that was left on the deal after this year, that wouldn't have kept him a Padre for life. So he just, he he used that opt-out brilliantly. Perfect. That opt-out that he had when he signed in 2019 was amazing for him and for Dan Lozano, his agent, right? Because He knew the market was going to change. If the Padres sucked and the plan wasn't working out, he could leave. If they were doing really good, he could do what he just did. Sign a monster extension, another $300 million contract, be a Padre for life. That's what happened, right? So I thought Manny played this really well. He used the opt-out to his favor, and a deal got done, right? He was going to remain a Padre, and he remained a Padre. He just wanted the money, right? He he wanted that fair value, right? Uh, looks like Bomani is here. What's up, man? I think you're muted. Yeah, it says, oh, go ahead. I don't hear you. Yeah. Sorry, I don't hear you. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Sorry, the connection isn't good. Um, that's weird. Couldn't hear him. Um, here's, here's also, I wanted to hit on this. Because, you know, the narrative of Manny not being a good teammate and wah, 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 wah. Like, people that just don't pay attention to Manny. They don't watch Manny day in, day out, right? They don't see the things that we see as Padres fans. So I wanted to play this for anyone that doesn't think Manny's a good teammate. Oh, he's selfish. Oh, he was being a distraction. What? He was a distraction for a week. And he explained why he did this now at this time. It was to be a good teammate.
3: No, not, not just for myself, but you know, out of respect for my teammates, um, you know, to answer that question every single day. And, have that continue to linger on i think it's 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 a big elephant in the room and you know i don't think uh you know i I wanted this team to be focused on on our goal this year which is to win a championship i think
2: he wanted the focus to be on winning a championship guess what now the focus is on winning a championship the distraction for was like a it was a week right it was for like a week okay would you rather have the distraction be mid-season for a week or in spring training for a week, right? I
3: think uh, you know Peter and AJ put a really good team out there together, and um, you know, led by Bob and his staff to 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 go out there and compete and 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 reach that goal that we want to reach. And um, I didn't want any distractions this year. It was it was about winning baseball, winning baseball games, winning a championship, and getting to the World Series and and winning it ultimately. And um, you know, the last ones were getting on that bus, going around the city in that parade, and uh, you know, I just. Didn't want to lose focus of that and and, and have everyone's mindset on, on going out there and playing baseball every single day.
2: There you go. Wanted everyone's mindset, everyone's focus on going out there, playing baseball every day. That's not selfish to me. That doesn't sound selfish. That doesn't sound like not being a good teammate. Right? He's a good teammate. He's a really good teammate. He cares about his teammates. He didn't want Jake Cronenworth having to be asked questions about Manny's contract or Bogart's. Oh, what's gonna happen if Manny doesn't stay, you know, in in July before a game? He didn't want that. And now it's not gonna happen, right? This extension was gonna get done, according to Manny, and it was gonna get done if Peter Seidler has anything had anything to say about it, right? So Manny, okay. Some people might want to say, oh, it was, it was a distraction. Okay. It was a distraction for a week. It wasn't really a distraction. You know, the games hadn't even started yet. Major League Baseball games that count don't start for another month and the extension has already been signed. He wasn't a distraction. He wasn't going to be a distraction. Players, like Musgrove has said, he he didn't blame Manny for wanting to get his money. Manny wanted to be a Padre, wanted to get his money, and he got both, right? That is a win for the Padres. Win-win. Win-win for Manny gets to be on a contending team, gets his money. Padres fans, we get to enjoy Manny for the rest of his career as a Padre, rest of his prime, hopefully win not one but a few World Series. Got to get to one first, but hopefully we we can win multiple World Series in this time frame where Manny is a Padre for the next 11 years, right? Devin says Machado is the captain. Uh, Oh, Alex about the Gavin Lux stuff. Yeah, that was sad to see. Hope Lux recovers well. Me too. Uh, I guess Merrill doubled today in the spring training game. I'm just getting some updates on this. I don't think a lot of people really care about what's going on in the spring training game right now just because of how newsy today was and... All you know, what we cared about was Tatisa's return, and that has happened. But it's six five Padres over the Giants in the ninth inning. Looks like top of the ninth Merrill came in or he started the game one for three, scored a run. He's driven in a run. He's going to be special. I can't wait to see this guy on television. You know, games we can actually watch. I think tomorrow's games on TV. Lizzie says, sounds like we're going for Otani or Soto with the extra money you just explained, plus more money coming off the books next year. Yeah, that's true. Osmer's money comes off the books in 2026, I think, because there's three more left, I think. Three years, almost 39 mil that we have to pay him to not be on the Padres. 2023, 2024, 2025, so 2026, it's off the books. And that's when... Manny's Manny's contract goes up from 13 to 21 mil in 2026 and then $35 million a year, 2027 through 2023, which is the last year of the contract, when he'll be like 41. Lizzie says, I feel like Manny's gotten better, since, uh, better as a team leader since Hosmer left. Uh, maybe because he's been forced to take over the leadership role, like be the real captain of the team. Um, I mean, since Hosmer left, what has Manny done? Been, like, the best player on the team. Should have won MVP. Been an example for players in the clubhouse on how to play, right? Uh, giving full effort, caring about the fans. Performing in the postseason. He got this monster extension, captain of the team. Did I say, Devin says I said 2023? Yeah, sorry, for the contract. Yeah, so let me run through that contract again. $13 million for Manny in the first three years, 2023, 2024, 2025. Then he's going to get $21 million in 2026. Then he's going to get $35 million in 2027, 2028, 2029, 2030, 2031, 2032, and 2033. That's the breakdown of the contract. Hopefully that clears that up. Yeah, Alex says, still waiting on Hosmer's goodbye statement. Well, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. That's not going to come. Yeah, interesting how Will had one, like took out a page in the Union Tribune and Hosmer never had one. Uh, Allen says, Grisham gets his revenge tour this year. I mean, I hope so. Look, there were some people that were ready to give up on Trent, wanting to trade him. I was willing to trade him for, like, Corbin Burns, but I I didn't want to... I don't know if I was willing to trade him. I might have been willing to trade him for, like, Pablo Lopez, but... I'm not willing to trade him now for anything except a guy like Corbin Burns or Shane Bieber, someone like that. Uh, because now that they have the depth, at least on paper they have the depth, they have Michael Walker, they have Seth Lugo. Those Trent Grisham discussions, if I did say that I'd be willing to trade Grish for like Pablo Lopez, that was because we didn't know that these depth moves were coming. But now that there is, there are depth moves made already by the Padres, I'm not giving up Grish for anything unless it's a superstar. Because he's on a cheap contract, has multiple years of control left, gold glove center fielder. We know what we're going to get defensively from him. And it can't be worse than it was last year on offense, right? And if he's clicking on offense, he's being aggressive, he's confident in himself, which it didn't seem like he was last year and how can he? He had the worst batting average in baseball among qualified batters. He has that confidence back. He can hit over 20 home runs this year. And instead of three, four-run innings or three, four-run games, if the top of the lineup is producing, the bottom half is producing, including Trent, now you're seeing it be seven, eight-run games, nine-run games, nine-run innings like that Diamondbacks game the other day, this past weekend, right? So, yeah, Grish, hey, keep the mustache. As long as it's working, as long as he's raking, keep that mustache going. And yeah, I agree, Devin. It's weird Will's not a Padre. I can't wait for May when he comes back. And that's going to be Tatis's first home Padres game at Petco Park, too. If he's healthy and everything's going well, right? Um, the timetable, everything's the same as it is now. That'll be his first home game when Will comes back. So that'll be cool. Uh, just quick San Diego sports stuff. There's a new tournament that's going to start in, uh, at the end of this year in November. Called the Rady Children's Basketball Event, uh, which is cool. It's going to be played, I believe, at UCSD. And the four teams have already been announced. It's going to be Iowa, USC, Oklahoma, and Seton Hall. So that will be fun. And then next year, it's also going to be happening. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an every year thing. It's going to be happening annually, Thanksgiving weekend. And I believe. There was someone that said that a t- Purdue, I think, has already been confirmed for 2024. So that's a cool tournament that's going on there. Definitely try to make your way out for that. Hopefully that's after a World Series parade happens, right? San Diego State plays tonight against Boise State. They can win the Mountain West outright with a win tonight. If not, they can still win it outright and not have to share it with anyone against Wyoming. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much the San Diego Sports stuff for now. San Diego State, that game, I believe, is at six tonight. So you can watch that. Uh, I don't know what channel it's going to be on, probably CBS Sports. And then on San Diego Sports 760 on the radio with Ted Leitner. Uh, that's going to do it here. Talking for hours episode 349. Thank you everyone for tuning in, watching on YouTube. If you have not subscribed, I encourage you to do so. Daily Padres content. Um, uh, On the podcast platforms, it's available there as well. Thank you for listening on those podcast platforms, wherever you get your podcast, if you are listening there. Again, thank you, everyone, for the support. Go Padres. See you later.